Hey everybody, welcome back. We're going to continue talking about Star Wars. I've returned with the four of us who uh, did the previous episode. we got Clay, we got Dave, we got Jim, we got myself. Now we're going to talk about The Empire Strikes Back, the second of the uh, original trilogy, I guess. So guys, how are, are all of you again? Great. I'm good. Good. We're ready to go. Happy to be here. Much good. better this week. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 week that week off we had like to really sit and Get over think the... about Empire... <laughs> Get over how wrong everyone else was about everything they said. Well, I mean, what what most listeners can't see is like the height of the tension in this room. Yeah, you know? and the 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 lowness of our pants, <laughs> our trousers here. Except for a conversation about Chex Mix, I haven't talked to Jim since. Last <laughs> <laughs> listeners, let me know what your uh, favorite Chex Mix particle is. <laughs> we'll put a picture of it in the podcast. Uh, anyway, so let's get to talking about Empire Strikes Back. So. I guess, uh, I don't know if anyone has anywhere that they want to start here. This is, I don't think I'm going to go out on any great limb and say this is the best of the Star Wars movies. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit. I'm interested in hearing how, uh, on the last episode, I think I was the one sort of going out just saying like the story of episode four, New Hope, didn't really grab me. I'm curious about what you guys think the difference is between Empire and New Hope, if not the quality of the story what makes what makes empire better than new hope uh everything everything no um i just i think uh i mentioned when we were talking about the uh, new hope how i felt it, it felt really stiff um and you know jim mentioned that well obviously it's the first time they're doing all this stuff and they haven't had time to live with everything i feel like this movie empire from minute one second one they are up and running, and they are like, like I said last week, oh, last time. Um, the the Star Wars font is bigger. The font on the scroll is bigger. The music is bigger. Um, the all of the characters feel much more lived in uh, and much more refined. Uh, this, I said in the last show. I'll say it again. When you think about these characters, or when I think about these characters, I think about them as they appear in this movie. Yep, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and I think, to me, the biggest difference, and it's probably, Wes, what you were picking up on and not liking the story as much in the original, is, you know, the first one, A New Hope, the story values there, it's an action movie. It's about getting the plans here and there. It's about getting this place and blowing up that thing and rescuing this person. Where here, the values of the story are dramatic. They yeah. are the values that you come to expect in great movies and great stories with great characters, which are, you know, uh, betrayal and uh, caring for your friends and love and, um, you know, the values that really get you emotionally involved. And to me, that's what Empire... To me, Empire elevates the entire franchise in that way and mm. that it shows you how to be emotionally involved in this Star Wars world. Yeah. Which, if you take that out, like with all the other films, whether you know, even though I like some of them, um, you never really get shown how to be like emotionally reacting to Luke and Vader and Han and Leia and all that. Yep, yep. I think the the biggest difference between New Hope and Empire is the Empire. Um, yeah. It's so much better fleshed out, and the aesthetic to it is so much 
We see the Emperor for the first time. You see the Emperor in a hologram for the first time, which is really cool. Vader is almost a different character. Oh, yeah. He's not so... He has a role. Now he's he not is in so, charge. He's not a yeah. rage ball, right? In the other, right. in the other, In A New Hope, he's... He rages and he screams, and in this, everything he does is evil, but like effortlessly evil. Even when he's fighting Luke, he just looks effortless. And then yeah. when, when things go wrong, you, everyone around him is like, "Ooh!" Yeah. Like, yeah, and right. then he just walks off, and it's just like, oh, well, I, 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 I forgot to mention in the New Hope podcast. Um, I thought it was weird watching that again. That first scene when he show, when Vader shows up for the first time, when he did bring, he delivers the uh, "Bring me the passengers, I want them alive" line. That's the most animated that character gets across three movies. You know, yep. he is so he's so frantic. Like you say, he's a rage ball, and he's not like once you get to Empire, he's so they kind of uh, they kind of really accented by that that like stasis chamber that he like meditates in. But he's so focused, yep. and he's so evil. Doesn't do a so, lot of finger pointing. You are part of the rebel, yeah. and I'm going to point angrily at you. Well, David Prowse kind of has like he kind of can't see out of it, so his, his head's back a little <laughs> Look bit. Look at Dennis. <laughs> My spine deformities prevent me from... Yeah, it's... um, I, I totally agree. We talked about in the first one, Vader's role is so weirdly defined uh, beyond just sort of a super soldier. He's clearly in charge here. He's oh, yeah. clearly standing by the big window looking out at it all day as everyone else does. Everyone else is uh, working beneath him, literally. They are like in little yeah. like things underneath him. The next highest person in the Empire that you ever see is the rank of Admiral, and he, he chokes an Admiral to death. Just yeah, so. he goes through... I think it started to hit a point where it's like enough of this. He, like him killing his underlings at a certain point, it's just like I, I, I get it. He needs to stop doing this. They, they, I do like the dramatic thing. They, they show it less and less. By the last guy, it's just him on the ground. Like, yeah. yeah. Apology off. accepted. Yeah, apology. My, my favorite is when he does it via video. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even gonna come down yeah. here this time. All right. <laughs> Just keep the Skype open, like, Lieutenant. Are we are we plugged in or are we over Wi-Fi? I like can't, the, can't the level the leg the level of fear that the crew must have. Like if Vader's mind wanders, like will you accidentally get caught in his force choke? Yeah, I mean, what is and he? I think they do a really good job of showing the level of fear. The the captain that lets the the second guy who gets choked, the captain who lets the Millennium Falcon escape and then takes credit for it. Like he he has like the actor has like a hard swallow and says like, okay, I'm gonna go say sorry to Vader. Like he knows it's <laughs> it's just really good. And and kind of just building on that, the relentlessness that is portrayed there, like as opposed to being Grand Moff Tarkin's, you know, on right. his leash. The like one of my favorite things is how right when the Hoth battle is getting to its peak, it's building so well um, into this battle and this defeat, and then Vader is there on the ground, like just plowing through everything with his yeah. stormtroopers. It's just amazing. Uh, Which, it's a nice setup. comparison to the way they introduce him in A New Hope, because it's kind of the same idea, but it's just so much more forceful in Empire when he's, you know, storming through that snow base. As a, it's, it's exactly what you're talking about, whereas in New Hope it feels like, oh, well, he's the guy who leads the troops in. Yeah, yeah. or if, if Tarkin will let me, like, yeah, I'd love yeah, to go. Yeah, I'd have a good time. I'd have a good time down there. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, um... We've already had uh, the discussion between New Hope and this is already very, very different, which I, I'd assume they would be. Um, so, first things first. Not directed and not written by Lucas, right? Correct. This is written by Brackett and Kasdan, directed by Irving Kirshner. Uh, Lucas wrote and directed the first ones, uh, the first New Hope, anyway. Um, so, big difference 
here, right? Is there anyone who's going to take a stand and say Lucas is a quality screenwriter? Uh, I, I get flack all the time on the Star Trek podcast, right? No. There's a certain subset of the fandom that feel that Roddenberry is uh, unfairly, unjustly maligned, they might say. Mm-hmm. I do not agree with this. I think Lucas and Roddenberry share a lot of traits uh, with each other. They're both great world builders that have no idea how to tell a story within that world. Um, and they need other people to come in and sort of flesh out things. Um, I would sidestep the writing, the Lucas writing question. I think that's a really tough one to get to. But I would definitely go after the Lucas directing question. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could have th- this entire thing be just on that pretty much. I think Irving Kirshner, from what everybody says, is... You know, very collaborative. Everyone really likes working with him. They, you know, he clearly brought what you more expect out of a director. Um, and I think you can see that um, in the overall just cleanness of the vision of the of the film, but also in the acting, mm-hmm. where I think the acting takes a big jump up, not only in quality but in <laughs> consistency across the parts. See, because I, I think they have stuff to work with. Yeah, as, that's as, part like, of it. But think Mark Hamill first movie. If you gave him the same content, I don't know. Oh, see, I, I still, I, I still find him not. He's still the weakest actor of the th- main three. I think in this one, he's um, I'll give it to you. But is there's a market improvement? Yeah, yeah, Mark yeah. Hamill's I, 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 I agree with those that. two yeah. movies. And I don't know. Just to me, when I watch um, now the the first one, I see a bunch of actors with varying levels of experience bringing exactly what they would you would expect them to bring just showing up yeah, you know yeah. Alec Guinness brings his thing showing up obviously um, <laughs> Peter Cushing brings his awesome thing yeah. exactly what you'd expect and even for the less experienced ones where in this one I really I don't know I see them much more in tune with the script making actual choices not going um, too corny or cheesy and you know, until I hear otherwise, I'm going to give the director some credit for that. The sorry, I'll just say one thing. The um, you can see maturity in writing, right? We talked about how uh, A New Hope. I'll 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 yell at Lucas for being a bad writer. So he, the first one we talked about how the acts are individual episodic little things that mm. happen, right? The opening scene on Hoth is so layered in what's going on. Like you, you get a sense of the Empire, you get a scale. Mm-hmm. You get the fact that Han and Leia are now kind of an item, sort of. Like, they're they're yeah. a little bit off each other. You get the fact that Han now deeply cares about Luke. This would have taken A New Hope the entire movie to sort of spell <laughs> this stuff true. out. It, it arguably does take the entire movie. Like, this is, this is a much better written movie than New Hope is. Yeah. Um, Although I do... I sort of sidetracked a little bit. Uh, I do find it interesting that the first 15 minutes of this movie are dedicated to covering up the fact that Mark Hamill got into a car accident. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't think it hurts the movie, but, no, I mean, but, come on. Like, I mean, I, I was thinking about it last night. I was like, well, you could, I mean, you could arguably cut out all of this crap, and it wouldn't change anything. He's been fighting the Empire. I, yeah, yeah, he right, got yeah. it, whatever. Yeah. My understanding was that the in, in the original screenplay, while the Empire is attacking the rebel base, they're also getting attacked by these wampa monsters. Oh, that yeah. Have you seen that cutscene? Are, those, no. are the wampa? Have you not shit? seen the uh, the wampa? Everybody, do yourselves a favor footage? and look, or, or not a favor, and look up the <laughs> deleted scene of the wampa attack. Are the wampas uh, the yetis? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Is it? 
I, I still don't entirely believe that's real. I think some really brilliant person faked it because <laughs> it's, it's, that's anyway, it is. Sorry, I didn't mean to. That's all right, but but um, I don't think that. Yeah, so the entire first scene is written to explain Mark Hamill's facial scars, mm. which as. Jim brought up you don't really need, but I don't think it takes away from it. I, love I, I, I don't either. Oh, I don't. I don't, I don't think I, so either. I, I feel it. It makes it a little long because they. I don't think him. Um, I feel Hoth just goes on a little bit too long. But you can go ahead. Clay. Well, yeah, I, 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 I think it's really interesting that they spend that much time on it. I think, yeah, I think I would agree. I'd say it's a little long, but at the same time, I, I, I don't think like you. I don't feel like you are, are hurting anything by having it in there. I think. The, the fact that I was looking at it analytically was the only time it ever really stood out to me. Uh, yeah, I only noticed it because the first time you see him, I forget what happens when he like collapses. Yeah. Or he gets hit by the thing. I think yeah, you see it before that face. though, and I'm like, what's wrong with his? Like he, he looks a little beat up. Like when they, when it first right. opens, it's like, what happened to him? He's in the yeah. snow. Why is he wearing so much makeup? Yeah, well, it's <laughs> cold out. But I do I do think it works. I mean, for all the reasons that you said as well, because they get across a lot of character stuff in that in that opening scene. Um. We mentioned before how in between the movies a lot of character development is expected. Yeah. Or it seems to happen in between the movies. Um, and I think that the biggest theme, if there's one in Empire Strikes Back, is suffering. The rebels and yeah. all your characters are just suffering so much. And the movie starts off with Luke basically frozen, suspended in ice upside mm-hmm. down, beat up with scars on his face about to get ripped apart by a Yeti. It's- and, and just to pick up on that same scene, I mean, I remember... Uh, just that it seems so simple now because we've seen so many effects and so many Star Wars movies but when he's hanging upside down and he grabs the lightsaber with the force mm-hmm. I mean that was like a childhood fantasy for I mean that was just the ultimate uh, the idea that you could use the this magic power to take an object into to your hand and make it an awesome sword and cut things up with it it was like the coolest thing ever I mean that uh, it's a great um yeah, it's a great demonstration of what it is. If you've never seen A New Hope, you can understand what he's capable of doing at this point. Well, but that's 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 what I was talking about in the last episode. Uh, this the idea that he can do that at all is only introduced in this movie. Like, it, there's no force grabbing stuff uh, in the first. The movie. choking, I guess, is kind of yeah. You I, can I, physically I, manipulate. You can things. argue that he. I mean, the scene where he shoots the proton torpedoes. They edit. They they and uh, they. What's the word I'm looking edited. for? Like, they, is they it supposed anim- to be edited more yeah, animated? It, like, it, they take a right turn. They animate right it to angle. move, uh, right? He's not move. using his force in that scene to help him control the targeting better. He's using his force to move those proton torpedoes. Is he? I, I never yeah, really I thought know. about that. How else do they take a turn like I, that and move? I, I thought I thought it was just a tracking. He just had to get them in there, and then it's like, how do you? How does the sperm fertilize an egg? It just goes in and wheels around. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah, I, I I guess it is him using the force, but I never they never really are like use the force to move the torpedo. I guess you're supposed to assume it. It's just it's it's a it's like Clay was saying. It's the vagaries of the force in the sure. first movie. And I mean, you I I mean, honestly, I'm sure that when they were writing. Empire, the steps that they took were, oh, well, Vader can choke somebody from five feet away, so I'm sure that he can pro- the Force can exert other forces yeah. on things. So I'm sure that's probably how they got to that point. And the the great thing about it, I mean, I, I love that aspect, but the great thing that introducing it so early does, 
uh, is it sets you up for the end when Vader is just throwing shit at Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Luke Again, effortlessly, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Luke's he's just not, standing and there. And he's not even... The thing that's so badass about it, he's not even using his hands. Right, he's, he's just... He's just standing there and shit's flying Sometimes his body turns a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah, Luke is not uh, bad and clean up in Little League. <laughs> he, is, he is taking some feeble swings at this even, garbage. Even Yoda has to use his hand to raise the X-Wing out of the thing, and Vader just stands there and just Shakes. throws shit at you with his mind. It's uh, it's it's very very. <clears throat> I think can we just can we just do six episodes talking about Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, it'll be tough. We should uh, we should pick up the pace, I suppose. So let's start with um, Hoth. Probably, I think it's the most famous set piece. It's the one that I always think of when I think of Star Wars. The uh, the Walker AT AT or at at as they're called. Um, I don't know. There's something unique about that. A very Star Warsy. Uh, where it it doesn't really make sense, but it's cool. You know, like uh, you you don't think about it because of how cool it sort of is. Right. Uh, the walkers are very funny. And it's funny when they fall over if you shoot them in the head once they blow up. But I don't know why you can't <laughs> just fly above them. And shoot them in the head. They have weak armor on the neck, Wes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the um, I like the ice base. You know, mm-hmm. I like the command structure that we're shown now, where Han Solo is running around yelling at people. Um, which is nice. Princess Leia is comfortably in command. My my favorite thing about the design of the ice base is the walls because they they're not just like smooth cut. They look like they were cut with like a snowblower. Like yeah. they all have that those <laughs> grooves in the walls yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It's just a great addition instead of just having blank white snow. And I think in general in Empire you can see the doubling of a budget. Oh yeah, you know, oh, in, absolutely. The, in the right. sense that uh, a you've done it before, but b the way the movie moves, um, I don't know an easy way to explain it, but it's like each shot is a new look. Yeah. Whereas much more lighting in this movie, yeah. Like whereas to go along with that, New Hope, you know, it's more the low budget style of you build a set, yeah. That's what you got. Yeah. You better work on in there, use it a couple times to get your money's worth. Whereas Empire, it's you see this, probably never going to see that again. You're on to something totally new. Yeah. Um, it, I was thinking it was in, it would be interesting to imagine Empire with half the budget. <laughs> You know what would that? Yeah, it would. Um, yeah, I mean, it would. I, you'd lose the. I think you'd lose the touches of like Empire is colorful to me. Um, like the Empire uh, is might be the best looking movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It, the aesthetic that, to it, even like the Rebels, they have a cool, iconic look in A New Hope with those big white helmets. But the Rebels on Echo Base with mm-hmm. their with their snow gear on. Man, they look unbelievable. And just the uh, the stormtroopers are different depending the on what snow the troopers, they go yeah, compared to the yeah. sto- and they look so cool with the the mask well, over the yeah. But the lighting in this movie is unbelievable. The, like I was watching it last night and I, I I kept looking over I have an Empire Strikes Back poster on my wall. Yep. I kept looking at the poster and I was like this movie looks like the poster. It's like a living movie poster. Yep. Every yep. shot in this movie like even the skin tones are like sort of pink. It's just so Bright and well, it's not. I don't want to say bright's not the right word, but it's so colorful. It's nuanced. I just I think of I think of New Hope, uh, Tatooine tan. Like mm-hmm. for some reason, the tan of Tatooine just sticks. Well, in it's my a very. Mind. I, I mean, for, for as different as it is, New Hope is a very seventies movie. Yeah, yeah, and so it's got more or less a lot of that seventies color aesthetic, where it's a lot of tans, a lot of off whites, orange, orange. There's yeah, a lot of orange, a lot of orange. Jumpsuits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah. I, I think in. I mentioned in the the other thing, but the 
or the first podcast where it's the the first time you know the ships we see of the empire in a new hope is just the star destroyer i think is what they're called and now like this one opens on a star destroyer being overwhelmed by what the imperial flagship or what do they even call it's it called like? the executor is the 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 name of the ship it's a super star destroyer okay so yeah the big star destroyer that vader's riding around where on where do in. they get all the people for these ships where do they get does, all the raw materials? Does the Empire and ex- why do they need so many people? <laughs> does the Empire exist outside of these ships? How are there any They're people left? They're all up there, Clay. <laughs> clones. They're all clones. I, I do. I do have to point out uh, this movie does suffer a little bit from Star Trek space syndrome because there's the scene later on where they almost crash where into the each other. Fucking star destroyers <laughs> scrape each other. I was laughing about that too with Amy. I was like, Clay's gonna love that. Three of them. Yeah. They are close enough that they scrape each other. <laughs> they should be on opposite sides of the planet. They should not be anywhere near each other. No. They should touch. What's the advantage of having them try to chase down? The, Nothing. Like why? That's why no, you have Tie Fighters. Just a hype. No, they do scrape each other, and everyone. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that's a strange uh, pilot. Like they don't decision. even do that in like, uh, like old ship movies. They never the ships are never close enough that they touch each other. It's always like firing cannons. Yeah, at each it's, other. Just, it's just sailing past. It's the old World War Two movie where the destroyer cuts the submarine in half at the end of the movie. Because <laughs> that, that, that happened. Oh, yeah. What what is that? I don't remember the name of the movie, but I know that sounds good. About. I would like to watch it. Yeah, they Should run have... out of depth charges and they just cut the thing in half. Nice. Should have added that scene into this one. Yeah, I mean, there's a. Uh, we don't need to keep continuing on about Hoth, but I mean, the story basically has the characters um, split up again. Yep. Luke decides that he needs to go to training because Obi-Wan tells him to meet Yoda, right? Yeah, that's how he learns yeah. about it. Um, and he takes R2 with him, which is classic. And Luke, uh, you have to go to Yoda. He knows you're coming. I've already phoned it in. Is <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, Someone was doing it. There's a it's sort of in line with Michael Caine. They're like, there's a joke about Michael Caine being like, um, like, oh, Michael, uh, we've got this great movie part for you. Um, I'm gonna fuck up the joke, but they're they're, they're just like, he's like, it's like, oh, what's it about? And he's he's like, it's like it's like one million. He's like, oh, there we go. <laughs> That's good. Just <laughs> phoning in for the paycheck. But anyway, the um. Han and Leia go on a chase sequence, basically an extended chase sequence, where the Empire is trying to hunt them down. Well, this so the cool thing is the 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 opening scroll tells you that Darth Vader is looking for Luke obsessively. Is that the word it yeah. uses? Obsessively, yeah. and he's got a dual purpose for it. Luke's his own son. Spoiler alert! And uh, the Emperor is also ordering to do it. So when they get separated, Darth Vader thinks that Luke is on the Millennium Falcon. And that's why he orders the entire Imperial fleet to follow it. Mm-hmm. What he's really sensing is his other kid, but we don't know that until the next movie. I think that's a great touch, you know, too. I actually it never, never explains th- why with an Empire. I never thought about that before, actually. That's yeah, really so he point. can sense Leia. He thinks it's Luke, and he orders the entire Imperial fleet into an asteroid field to try to catch them. See, I always thought it was just the Force is remarkably bad at not... Being to identify people because when they're, when they're hiding in the but, ship, he goes in and he can't find them either, and they're just right underneath him. You think the force would another tell a, him another update, another change for the better as far as the force goes is in this one where Vader is like, I can sense the force. <laughs> no, wait, wait, I can sense the force coming from Luke. He is on this ship. 
it is destiny that we meet up. Whereas in the first one, he's like, oh, the Force is kind of pretty strong with this guy. He's going to just shoot him out of the air anyway. It's dangerous to have people it's with like, the Force. It's like, fly, it's, like, it's, like, it's like being a Christian and driving behind somebody that has one of those fish on the back of their car. That's the equivalent of the acknowledgement he gets in the first movie. It's sad. It's very sad. Yeah, it's... um. So, I mean... Would uh, anyone have anything they want to say about these things? Like the Dagobah, do you want to talk about Dagobah or do you want to talk about the alien eel planet and all that stuff? We well, got off Hoth really quick. And I yeah, love, talk, talk about whatever you want to I talk about. I love Hoth. Hoth. I love that. Uh, I love the way that they ex- Leia explains. You know, like you said in the last episode about, you know, the scientist that comes in and tells you the battle plan. Leia lays out the battle plan, but does so in a really kind of smooth way. And then the battle plan gets followed. You know exactly what's going on. You know what each side is trying to do. And the rebels still fail. Yeah, yeah. And I love just the fact that, you know, whereas in the original, the fighting is kind of more about the sort of good guys bad guys in this it's war like yeah, when you right, cut yeah. to outside it's those are soldiers they are in the trenches they are doing things that happen in war um and i think it like i said before just elevates the entire thing to a new level of, of yeah we're 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 getting a, a sense of scope at this point which did not exist in a new hope um, yeah it's it's just amazing how right off the bat the sense of scope is bigger. Yeah. Like, and effectively bigger, too. Like, it's not just, oh, look, And, and it needs ships. to be. This is a oh, Star Wars yeah. movie. Right. Yeah. Um, a Star Skirmish would be New Hope, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the definition. And I, I like that you were saying uh, they start an extended chase. I would argue that the whole movie is an extended chase, whereas the first yeah, one... That's true. The first one is very... I think the thing that really stands out to me is that this the first one and again breaking the rule jumping head to the third one are very much MacGuffin-y movies where it's like we have a thing uh, we have to do and you know we gotta blow this thing up before the bad guys can do X Empire Strikes Back is not that at all there is it's just them running and dealing with their own character shit and just trying to survive and the, yeah. the chase doesn't start after the battle of Hoth is lost. The chase starts when the opening scroll comes up because yeah. they're already on the run exactly. trying to hide. Yeah, yeah. They, um, yeah, and it, I think you're right. It is a chase uh, movie, which I mentioned before. One of the weaker points is, um, I think it almost goes on. The chase is almost too. They start repeating those beats. We talked about uh, what was the first one I talked about that they they did. Oh, Vader choking the guy out. Oh yeah. They do the beat of. The hyperdrive like not UFC working. Fight. <laughs> so they do the uh, the hyperdrive fails every single time. By the last time, I was like, "Come, oh, Jesus Christ, come on, like get it, get it going." Um, so I don't know if that's a plot problem as much as they liked. They might have done those one time too many, but um, I do like. I I think I prefer the Dagobah stuff now. I didn't when I was younger watching it. I preferred the Han and Leia uh, mm-hmm. stuff that's going on. Dagobah felt like it dragged a little bit, but watching it now, I I love Yoda's introduction. Yoda's introduction is amazing. Yeah. Like, so, it really pisses me off that uh, when they went back and they made the prequels, they made everything CGI, because Yoda the puppet is so good. It's so good. Like, it's, it's, it's completely, it's absolutely believable. And I mean that just go. I wonder how much influence the the Muppet guys 
had on everything in that movie because so much of that stuff works so much better. Like even uh, some of R two stuff, like when he falls into the water and he's got his little thing coming up, and he's like, "There's there's acting going on yeah, through yeah, that little yeah. periscope that comes up." You know, a lot of that stuff is good, and I mean, another scene with a creature in the water. Yep, <laughs> spits yeah. him out. But uh, 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 to to pick up on something you said about uh, New Hope, Dave, I, I, where you said the comedy in that movie works, I think the comedy in this movie is better. And it, oh yeah, and it's still. I'm I, and I'm not saying that you know accusatorial or anything but I'm just saying it's better and it still works like that intro with Yoda is really funny and it it's is. legit good yeah it's, a, it's the combination of uh, the puppet and the like the well the um, two puppets interacting is what's so funny it's Yoda and yeah, it's R2-D2 yeah. interacting with each other Luke's the, the straight man in, in the whole comedy right yeah. and yeah. the uh, you can't have you can't do the CGI wouldn't do nearly as good the um where Yoda's just sort of like fucking with his, that box and like throwing stuff out. It's just funny as a puppet. It's more it's more entertaining to watch it as a puppet than a CG thing. Um, but he he transforms right, and he, he does so in a way that like any actor would would try to envy if his transformation from a goofball yep. character yep. to the most serious and wise thing in the universe, and he does it as a fucking puppet. Yep. Do you do we know if um if that reveal is was surprising? It seems it's it's so of the culture now that it's like you can't tell what's going on. Was it? What, do you think it was surprising when people watched you it know, the first time? Be like, that's Yoda. I'll tell you. I remember as a kid being more surprised by that than Vader. I think I knew the Vader is Luke's father thing going in. Yep. But I I think I can remember the first time I saw Empire Strikes Back being surprised by the Yoda thing. Oh, yeah. Really? Because I thought I thought it was almost a. Um, you know, supposed to be a quick gag like almost an interesting character introduction rather than a reveal Mm -hmm. because it comes pretty quickly relatively speaking after the introduction yeah when i think of reveal i think of something that i've been given a long enough time to expect something or think of it as something else Whereas Yoda... Like the Jar Jar as a Sith <laughs> reveal that... Well, the greatest reveal that never <laughs> happened. I have a whole episode about that. Well, so I, think- I, I don't know the answer for sure, but I don't think that it was a reveal. And again, I don't know this, but this was 1980. The, the, the franchising and the marketing for the movie was absolutely enormous to yeah. a scale nothing had ever been before. Yep. So I think everybody knew Yoda was the little green alien yeah. that came out. So when they say you got to go to Dagobah and see Yoda and you get down to Dagobah and Luke's there, I think the audience watching that opening night knew that that was Yoda. Yeah. I, no, I would believe that. I think structurally, I think it's a great choice, though, because it's 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 a good, um, you know, introducing this Grandmaster as the fool character is is a nice choice because you know I mean how, how else are you going to introduce that? I mean you could that was a great character introduction yeah I mean, that's yeah. What sure. yeah and I think it you know it, it it sets up a lot of his entire ethos which is basically to not be judgmental of what you see you know <laughs> right yeah yeah um, he's um if anything watching it now um I think you could you know we we try to avoid in this podcast jumping ahead but I just wanted to say that. I think the dis- the popping in the background, <laughs> the, the faint gunshots. No, the um, the Yoda character might be the most ruined by the prequels in a weird way. Like his, I, w- I was watching this going C three PO, C three PO. Well, I was watching this him. going. It's a real shame they ever showed Yoda with a lightsaber. It doesn't really make yeah, any sense with his with his is. character. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, Yoda should fight with his mind. No, I'm, I'm dead <laughs> serious. I, I know, but he he's like or. Or I don't. I don't even see him fighting. 
Like he's he, like he's yeah. like fighting isn't really what he is supposed to be about, and it's what the implication that the Force isn't about that the dark side is like a misuse of the Force yeah. in a way. He should he should be the guy in the in he should be like the kung fu master who who just reacts on at other people's attacks. You know what I mean? Yeah, just purely defensive. And, and regarding yeah. the prequels, I like Yoda the strategist and Yoda the army commander. I thought that was all right. It's yeah. Yoda the the lightsaber wielding. Acrobat. Acrobat. Acrobat, yes. Right. Yeah, he, he, he it's it just his uh the way they present him here, uh just as sort of the wizened sort of old elf is a much more appealing one. I I also feel uh, we should probably table this until we get to the prequels. But I was gonna say I, the the other thing that I don't like is they really take away some mystery to the the structure of the Jedi people. Like I never the listening to Obi-Wan and Yoda talk in, in, in the first two movies, I never pictured like literally a, a, a council a, of A police Jedi. force yeah. of Jedi. <laughs> and like it it brought so much unneeded structure to the idea of training these people. Like, I think this movie goes goes a long way to show you how shitty of a trainer that Obi-Wan Kenobi is. <laughs> I mean, the... Like at the end when, he's, when Luke's fighting Vader and he's like, Obi-Wan has taught you well. I was like, no, what? He hasn't taught you a damn thing. <laughs> I know, Luke, Luke did this before. on his own. All he, all he did was help you block a, a remote training device. <laughs> he's an autodidact. He just he looks been oh, on Wikipedia. Actually, that was one thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention. Uh, Luke figures out how to do the force grab thing by himself. Unless oh, Ghost yeah. Obi-Wan is training him how to do it. He figures that out on his own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which he doesn't. His surprise at seeing Ben on Hoth make... Yeah. She should make the audience believe that there's no interaction with Ghost Ben and right. Luke in between the movies. So clearly he's been, I don't know if he got a book or something, but he's <laughs> clearly been working working his force muscle. Jim held a criticism of uh, female Yoda from the prequels that I, th- her, her name's Yaddle. You, <laughs> that's well, true. This all right, true. criticism already justly found. Yeah. Uh, Go on. No, you had a criticism when the movies came out that you used to say that you didn't like that there was another species of Yoda. You thought yes. that he was the only one, and I think you should give it because it was as much as I can remember. This. You're the biggest Yoda I, I just, fan. I, know. I just thought there was an implication on both sides of the Force that the Force could, you know, physically change and deform you. And we know Yoda's really old. You have the Emperor on the other side with his own deformations, which we laughably learned about Revenge of the Sith. Let's not go there. We will. Um, no, we will. Yet. And I have oh. lots to say about that. But, uh, yeah, so as far as much as I can remember that, I think it's just the idea that Yoda is unique. There is no mm. other creature that is pure force like he is. And what convinced me about your argument then was you, you brought up, and I had never noticed, that the design to Yoda is that every... Um, Everything that would sense for Yoda, ears, eyes, nose, it's all exaggerated and it's yeah. all much bigger than, than any other creatures in the universe. Huh. Yeah. Do we know what Yoda's species is? Does he have a species? I don't believe it's ever named, yeah, unless ever named. the lore came about pretty recently. Yeah, oh yeah. Yodin. Yod- Yodels. <laughs> yeah. Yaddle and Yoda. Well, they're a clever, uh, clever group. So, regarding the Dagobah stuff, how do you guys feel about what Luke has to do to train to be a Jedi. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. It makes no sense in context of either becoming a warrior or the Yoda aspect, which seems to have nothing to do with swinging on ropes. Like, Yoda's thing, I would imagine him having to meditate or something. Yeah, I, I always felt like... I mean, I understand the the athletics to an extent, 
especially if you are if one of the things that he's learning to do is how to use the force to amplify his own athleticism, which he does later in the movie. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I mean I guess I agree where I, I I assumed it would be more like focusing more more of the balancing stuff and like focusing stuff. Than the jumping around stuff, but I guess I mean, how do you do? Well, I thought you'd do more of the go into the cave of fears and confront. Yeah, like they they yeah. cover that in ten seconds, and it's very <laughs> weird that it happens so quickly. I think if you look at what's actually shown, I mean, you kind of get a little bit of everything. And unless you guys are arguing for you know an hour of real time training to get the full you know regimen, with Robert Tepper in the background. Be, I want an hour P ninety X style. Uh, I want more scenes where Yoda is duct taped to his back, <laughs> flopping around as you know, they're. Uh, dropping in dialogue. I want, I want an hour of of Luke meditating. Do three sets of eight of this mind lift, <laughs> and then proceed on to rest. No, I think you see like one of everything. You see a little bit of, and yeah, I think it's totally consistent with you know that samurai style and and martial arts in general style mm-hmm. of train your body to train your mind, and vice versa of doing a bunch of physical stuff. Um, they are supposed to be warriors, so you know, gotta right. get tough. Just Mark Hamill we're talking about here. And it is. It is also interesting that um, you know, again, to, to 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 go about how much Yoda was ruined by the the prequels and the lightsaber specifically is there's no point in that training where he says pick up your lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all even when he goes into that cave, he's like, don't don't bring you know, yeah, don't and he clearly does. So I don't understand what he's supposed to do if he does. Like it's it's a little bit unclear. I think the message of what Yoda is talking about is a little. Muddled. It's also weird to me that um, Yoda lifts the plane for him, mm-hmm. which makes sense. But it also feels, it also, it also it feels weird that it comes at the end. I also it, want an hour of real time Luke cleaning all the water out of the X wing <laughs> and getting it up to working condition to fly to Bespin. One thing, yeah, I, they might not have the Apple aesthetic, but hardware in the future works. Like you can drop it in the water, yeah. you can drop the droids into like a fire. Realistically, and they work. realistically, R two falls into that water. R two is <laughs> my iPhone. I jostle it. R two literally gets blown up twice or three times through those movies. Yeah. Yep. Just his his top literally just pops off and he's just uh, he's done. Yeah, it's um, dirty swamp but I think, water. Too. I think the plane is you know has to show the mental adjustment that Luke hasn't made, and it's a very visual and you know I think powerful illustration of like where he is not at. Yeah, I think in most other movies that plane sinks at the beginning. He tries to lift it once and then he doesn't do it, and then he tries again later and he brings it up. And Luke that's what does. He does. Yeah, that's what yeah, he does. No, yeah, no, I agree. And then then at that point, Luke flies off to fight Vader, which exactly. is not in any way the point they're trying to get across. Right, the know? entire point, because as far as I know, pretty much the next thing is him racing off. Yeah. And so you've now seen, maybe maybe that's really the point of most of the Dagobah training thing, is just to give an idea of like Luke's flaws, because otherwise he's right. still the idealistic, like only going up and up type of character yeah. um, where every time we see him he's kind of like a little more cool Luke than before I, but I, I I think maybe the problem is Luke is never Luke never has a totally competent scene like he gets attacked by the Yeti thing right like I don't know. When he, he gets out when of he there. takes out that walker by himself that's fairly competent yeah, I, yeah I guess he, he does he, he pilots yeah right so they had the the piloting thing I always feel like you never get enough sense of Luke becoming like, i mean it's not like he does too well against vader either yeah. you know it's, no if it, it, 
I think that, yeah, sense. I think that's the 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 purpose by the end of the training is to show you the audience that Luke is not there. He's not right. ready. He's too impulsive and he's too angry just like his father. If I were to make one change, and I mean, it's not necessary, but I would have some sort of scene towards the beginning where Luke, you can see that Luke is getting cocky. Mm-hmm. Because by the time he gets to Dagobah, that's the whole thing. Is like he's impatient. He wants to get out of it. I think that scene's there. When his uh, his tail gunner inside the snowspeeder says, I feel like I can take on the whole empire myself. And Luke says, I know the feeling. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just thinking of something where he's like, you know, he does something crazy. And then he's just like, yeah, no sweat. Like he's he's really, you know, he's he's... He thinks he's more powerful than he actually is. Just being sort of condescending to underlings, which feels a little bit out of character. Some, yeah, something not, weird. Not, not like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it would be exactly, but just something. Because he in in the Dagobah sequence, he's all he's 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 still the same impatient character he was in A New Hope. Um, and I don't know. I I I feel like maybe adding a little bit of cockiness to him might. You know, so so when he's like, "All right, well, I'm, I'm I got some stuff. I know I can get out of here. I'm going to go fight Vader or whatever." But I guess even that decision is not fighting. It's not about fighting Vader. It's about saving Han and Leia. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. I don't need that. Who knows? Yeah, it's um, it's not problematic. It feels Someone a little bit Someone call Lawrence Kasdan. We can talk about. Go <laughs> up uh, bracket. Whoever, I guess that person died. I was doing She's a little a, bit. Of... A famous playwright, right? Lee Brackett. Yeah, something something yeah. like that. She passed away after doing the first draft and. Um, I guess that was it. I just thought that was interesting reading about it. Anyway, so Han and Leia, the Wookiee and the droid, C-3PO anyway, are um, being chased. They do their little planet thing. Does anyone have anything they want to say about that scene? I find I find it sort of... A Once again, the comedy, Anthony Daniels just absolutely nails the delivery of every line. I think C-3PO and Han Solo interacting together is the funniest part of Star Wars. And you can you can sense you can see uh, uh, post Raiders of the Lost Ark Harrison Ford in this movie a lot because he's very he's got that Indiana Jones thing going on yeah. like yeah. the way his mannerisms and his comedy it's all very post Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, my actually my biggest problem with the movie in general is I think Leia's character gets reduced a lot. Uh, I think her acting probably gets a little better because it's more subtle, but I think she. The character she was in the first one is not quite as there. Where everybody else gets sort of amplified, she gets kind of like dialed down a little bit. Well, yeah, they hmm. they do the love interest. She just she gets relegated to yeah, love interest. like where in the first one she was so you know she first movie is very asexual. There's very little yeah. like they, they kind of like they do the the one shot where they show her and it's like ooh hot woman. They do that kind of like yeah. camera thing, but then it's dropped after that and she's um, very forceful. Like without being annoying, like she's she's as strong as any of the male characters. I mean, right? she, she the way she is in the first movie is kind of like I imagine any uh, you know sitting female senator would be if you were to have to. Or, yeah. Like if you had to go rescue Hillary Clinton from the from the Death Star, I feel like she would be very similar. She'd be like, "Let's get out of here. I get shit to do." <laughs> <laughs> we can check your email from the service. I think by stuff. in the in the Bespin stuff, Leia's pretty strong. When uh, what you, the what you say? What the in Cloud, uh, City. Cloud City? Oh, Cloud City. Leia comes across as pretty strong. Yeah. When they're escaping and they're just in the Falcon, yeah, she says no to Han a bunch of times, and he 
He's kind well, of, he, he, he makes, doesn't move anyway. He's kind of dragging her around by the <laughs> yeah. wrist a little bit. He does his, you like bad boys. And corners her and says, you like bad boys. I like well, I mean, at the beginning when they rescue <laughs> Luke, he, like he, basically, he basically turns to Luke and goes, ah, I guess it must be her time of the month or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hans, uh, Hans decided to be a little bit more forceful with her. I, I do like the bit of their first kiss interrupted by 3PO saying he did yeah. something or other is, is a very uh, good thing. And the other, the maturing jokes is, you know, C-3PO, uh, he's like, this part is broken. He's like, yeah, C-3PO obviously. fixes the hyperdrive. Yeah, he's obvious. of course it is. And he whispers to Chewbacca, we better look at the yeah. thing. Good, 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 good. Good comedy. Anyway. Um, the, the, the problem I have with the escape scene so vader's awesome you get introduced to the bounty hunters you get han solo doing the trick on the Mm -hmm. bad to to escape with the trash you get a lot there and it shows like you you get you really get a sense of how cool han solo is the scene that i don't like rewatching it is the space slug the minox i I don't mind the minox but when they actually realize that the space slug is alive and they have to escape it 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 feels so cliched yeah, it's it's kind of hokey, and it's it just, it's, it just has kind of a uh, we have five minutes. Like we need yeah. to kill yeah. time here while this Luke stuff is going on. How about you fly into a space worm and fly right. out of it? Yeah, it definitely. Well, even even more so than that, it's like a well, we have to have them hide from the Empire. How do we get them out of the cave? Once yeah, right. Without we being have found, to, yeah, yeah, we have to actually motivate them to get out. And even the execution of it too, when the Falcons leaving. The teeth are moving like so slowly, yeah. and then when it gets out, it like lunges at it. It's I always just, feel I, I I never believed it. I always yeah. feel the teeth are too close. The last time we see it on the view screen, I'm like, oh, yeah. they can't get out, and then they just get out, and it's like, oh, the the image I saw yeah. implied they were stuck inside. Did, he opened his mouth again. They never showed that. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> yeah, yeah, comes. It's um yeah. I just don't. I'm not crazy about that. It's it's good for character moments, and it shows like the depth of like. How far things have come between 3PO and Han, and uh, or Leia might have actually been relegated a little bit. What is after that? They get caught by the. They get they, they, land, go, to they go to Cloud City. City at that they point. go to Cloud City yeah, because Lando, Lando system, yeah. the Lando system, right? Han knew Lando. In the lore, Han wins the Millennium Falcon off of Lando in a card game, and that's the the trouble that. The, the troubled past that Lando and Han have that they never really explain, which is also a cool part of the movie. If you're watching it, you don't know how these guys know each other. Really. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they pay a little little lip service about how this situation is possible. He's like, well, I've arranged with the Empire. No one comes around here. But anyway, here's the door that you're staying in. It's like, wait. So they seem to be outside the Empire's influence, which seems impossible. Which the Empire obviously chose to be impossible. Um, he's an administrator of this city, yep. which I guess he owns it. Um yeah, yeah, he, and he's, yeah, he runs it. We were, we were laughing before. It's just uh, the A New Hope is a remarkably Caucasian film, um, and Lando is uh, probably the first mi- minority in this to have a major role. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be right. I can't, yeah. I can't think of anyone even, else. Even in this movie, I can't think of yeah anyone, anyone else. else. Yeah, it changes drastically. Uh, what's that actor's name? I always forget his name. Billy, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Yeah. Who I like the Lando character. They do. They he. Uh, I think it's a case of an actor bringing a lot to yeah. a role that isn't really all that crazy. Well, I mean, it's the greatest friend betrayal since. It's a, the yeah, Bible. it's a pretty good dramatic role. <laughs> he, but he doesn't have. He doesn't have a lot. His he's informing this character who's yeah, not written yeah, beyond. I, yeah, you're I mean, betray, if, if you had definitely, if you had uh, you know somebody else 
not as cool play that, it probably would be a pretty dry character. Yeah, when he's trying to be smooth, he comes across as smooth. When he's trying to seem trapped and scared, he comes across as trapped yeah, and scared. He's, he's, he's great. He's yeah. flowy capes. And, and, and he apologizes. If we're talking about, we, we, we brought this up uh, talking about how, how colorful uh, Empire Strikes Back is. And Cloud City, I think, absolutely nails it. Bespin has that blue and orange kind of cloud look to it. And the cloud cars are orange with yep. the blue... Uh, security guards. It's just always reminds me of flying in a, like in a plane, like landing. Yeah. Like yeah. they capture the the clouds going by yeah. your window. Thing, I, right? I yeah. think I think Bespin is the best addition they make in the special edition stuff because if you remember in the original versions of of Star Wars, Bespin is very uh, white and you, there's no windows to the outside. You don't see a lot of the exterior. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they went ba- they went back in and they created this exterior world and I think it really adds to everything because Bespin should be open because it's this floating cloud city it's you know it's seems to perpetually be sunset I don't know how that yeah it's always right. it's always it's a always magic sunset. hour yeah. I mean, in the original they show you see you get a, a view of the exterior when they're flying in mm-hmm. and when Boba Fett's escaping yeah. and when Luke's escaping and that's about it yeah but yeah they, they add a lot to it yeah, I think that's... in general the special edition in this one is the least. It's almost like Empire is so good that it oh, resists yeah. any so what uh, were attacks. So what were the scenes? Because all I remember that they added was the Wampa. They added a yeah. shot on the Wampa. They, that's they, it. They add um, a full shot bo- on the. Oh, I'm sorry. They yeah, add a right. full body shot of the Wampa eating stuff, and then after he gets his arm cut off, he does like a Nosferatu thing, where he's like blah. Oh, did the um, original just show the arm on the ground? And then he yes. Like, it yeah. barely showed the womp at all. You don't see the full body womp. You basically just see the, yeah. the puppet that was its face. And I think this is actually maybe a DVD edition, but they redraft the Emperor's side of yeah. the... Pr- oh, that's right. Heretofore awesome, Darth Vader speaks with his master in the uh, communications chamber or whatever. Yeah. One of the best scenes ever, of course. Had to tinker with it a bit. What they, did they do? They re- they've changed that like three times. The original think- actor in Empire Strikes Back that played the Emperor's hologram is not the actor from Jedi and the prequels. Oh, but, really? But so they put him so back in. He was so similar, and he was yeah. almost completely obscured by the robe. I actually, that you, it's a woman. I, it? I do. I think it's a woman. That you, that you cannot tell. Yeah. Was it the same voice acting? Just nope, on a different nope. note? It was just voice. A, I mean, because it was one of those things where they clearly hadn't. He's not in the movie enough to really pin down a design or anything. Right, so yeah. Just, you know. But yeah, the, the, I forget. I can't remember exactly how the dialogue changed. Yeah, I used to have it down. It, there's a specific, a very specific change where uh, I think I think they, they kind of really... They almost ruined the, the, the Luke being Vader's son thing. But I can't remember exactly what, what they do, but... They they make it more obvious in the new version, or they yeah. The, the language that the emperor uses is really yeah. to, to tie in the prequels and stuff. There's a there's a YouTube video. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. You can put it up if if you're interested. That, sure. that has like a comparison of all the different changes they made just in that scene. Oh. Because I believe not only did they put it use a use a new actor, he had different dialogue, and then they did it again. With even yes. more different dialogue. Yes. So it's they they also did the incredibly clunky. I'm remembering now. They added one shot which needed a totally um, abrupt music cue to even pull this off. Of Vader just walking around and he's like, "Get me to my super star destroyer," and that's all he says. 
walking out of Cloud City. I learned my starter story to prepare for my arrival. Oh, you're right. I always really like that shot. I don't know why. <laughs> well, yeah, they're walking across the. Uh, the after bridge. after after Luke falls down the hole, he's he's walking back to the to the ship. Yeah. But they use like I mean that wasn't James. Earl, it didn't sound like James Earl Jones. Maybe no it is, but um, that's and, too bad. And then on top of that stuff, they also they add all the uh, the the uh, exterior Cloud City Cloud stuff. City. I think that's about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we watched. Um, it clearly blends. I I did not notice as much. Like I I, yeah. I, I don't notice the uh, the Wampa thing, which I it's, now that it's I'm remembering, it looks cha- much better. <laughs> it almost makes me wonder if they called up Irvin Kirshner and had him oversee the changes they made, <laughs> just like old it, times, yeah. making everything better. Yeah, because the changes they make, aside from the throne room thing, are are I I they don't. I wouldn't say. I would say the Bespin thing probably improves that sequence. But nothing they do, I don't think, really hurts it. Yeah. Whereas you can argue that the changes they make in on either end of the other movies actually do hurt the movies. So everyone comes together at this point, right? We got our iconic uh, Han frozen in carbonite. Yes, carbonite, not carbonite, carbonite. Um, well, before we get to the carbonite, let me just say sure. I think one of the darkest and most sinister and coolest aspects of Empire Strikes Back and something that I never picked up on as a kid and I had to kind of wait until I don't know if I was a teenager when I realized this for the first time but when they capture Han Solo and Princess Leia they're torturing Han Solo Mm -hmm. because they know that it will attract Luke Um, and Han comes out and he has that one line like they didn't even ask me any questions that's just damn damn Vader is brutal in this (laughs) and and just, just even go on that uh, this is both it's kind of funny but or really cold is when they uh when they the big reveal is centered around this like meal that's laid out and i actually found it comical this time that after it's the full betrayal has been exposed they still go in and like vader sits back down as if like okay we're actually gonna have dinner now yeah. like we, we've made all this like, food there's, like there's another scene do they Vader watch Vader like eat a, at that point? <laughs> like you will watch me consume. You will watch food. me. Plug, I'm sorry, plug I couldn't do it. Straw into my faceplate. <laughs> I ordered. No. I, I I hope you don't mind. I ordered well, before you. That sat scene. There. The thing that's great about that scene is you get um, before you get the the awesome lightsaber duel. You get a better indication of what Vader is capable of as far as like force powers and stuff than anything in the first movie. When, that he can block a laser blast with his hand and then steal your gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's like I mean, com- I mean, yeah, he can choke you out. It takes a while, but it can happen. But here, he's just like <laughs> boom, boom, you're done. Yeah, and that's just with this movie, like the rest of the Empire, Vader just seems unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's a um, a much bigger force, a much more obvious force. The uh, the torture thing is funny to me. I always, um, they always. Uh, Movies and some shows do a weird, weird thing of portraying torture. Uh, like just because I watched a um, Deep Space Nine episode recently, where O'Brien is like viciously tortured, like they like strip him of his clothes and he's like being thrown around and punched. They t- they tear out his tooth, like it's just a thing. Jesus. But then the torture ends, and he's just like, "Whoo, that was a little, <laughs> was a little rough torture." <laughs> like, Hun, Good torture, Hun, boys. Hun takes uh, his torture. He's screaming. Like right. and then he gets out and he's just like, "Whoo." Some rough tour. They they never really. It it doesn't fit. The I actually love the, the line. How do you feel? Terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always wondered. I feel terrible. I always wondered if they if they do that specifically to elicit the reaction I had when I was a kid because it took me a while to figure out what they actually did to him. 
because he has no visible scars or anything that he's been tortured. He never says, I've been tortured. Yeah. They just have him, like, leaning towards that thing. And it's like, all right, that seems kind of unpleasant. I don't really know why they're sticking his face into an exposed motherboard or yeah. whatever the hell that is. <laughs> but then he comes back and it's just like, oh, my God, I feel terrible. But they never... If you're old enough to understand what's going on, that scene is dark and brutal. Yep. But if you're a kid, it's just like, yeah, that seems unpleasant. I, I, yeah, I never yeah. really realized what they were doing until a while later. It's a uh, yeah, a mild uh, Indian sunburn or something to a kid, I guess, at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and even that scene where where he does come back in <clears throat> makes me think back to just how awesomely dark uh, visually this movie is, and the use of like shadows and keeping things in the darkness i mean that scene is lit like through bars in the ceiling and it's all these yeah. black patterns over everybody breaking it up um and you know obviously that continues through the, the the carbonite chamber and through the end it's just like taking you into this nightmare it's so cool this With, is, uh, go ahead. i was just gonna say where a lot of people always compliment and and uh praise star wars in general for how it's 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 it broke away from the idea of this crisp, clean sci-fi or whatever. I think, again, people are remembering Empire Strikes Back. Because Star Wars is dirty, but it's not dirty the same way, dirty and dark the way that Empire is. Dirty and, Star Wars is dirty and dark in almost an unrefined manner. Empire is dirty and dark in an artistic manner. It still, yeah, it, it's, a good way to say it still it. is, though, because what they're comparing it to is sci-fi that came before it. Yeah, that's true. And that is where the original really stands out because the, even just the idea that things wouldn't be sleek and perfect yeah. was non-existent. Yeah, I mean, even in you know, 2001 you know, Kubrick right. Stickler for detail but all that stuff was brand spanking new. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's um, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a logic thing that doesn't make sense. You'd always imagine the future to be sleek and bright but that's, uh, it's an interesting... But in the Star Wars world it's actually the past that was all sleek and bright. That's yeah, true. Right. Yeah. Ugh. A very far distance away too. Not near not nearby. But anyway, the um this whole thing is all for, for not because what's really important about Cloud City is that it uh propelled the most overrated character of all time in Boba Fett since it had limelight. And uh so I just want to talk about Boba Fett and how You're gonna hear about that. How absurd <laughs> oh, not absurd. It's just how absurd his Why do people like Boba Fett? Because he's cool looking and you don't know anything about him. Okay. He That's is cool. really, really cool looking. I'm with you that the ship is cool looking. Yeah, more than yeah, Slave One's awesome. He, I, no, his armor is his armor and the half cape that just hangs over his shoulder. Like <laughs> he is just a <laughs> and the way it hangs. The the gun that looks like it's sawed off. Mm-hmm. It looks like a sawed off rifle, which doesn't even make sense. But it he's just pretty great. Um, I do think he's an overrated character. For a while, he's everybody's favorite Star Wars character, and I think that's because he is the most prominent unnamed character. So the marketing just went nuts with Exactly. Him. It's like when you when you want to show that you're a fan and don't want to name like a band's biggest songs as your favorite <laughs> song, it's the next best song becomes your favorite song. And that's what Boba He's every is. poser's favorite song. <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> what a piece hear of that? garbage. Hear that, listeners? <laughs> I'd listen to an entire album of Boba Fett sings the, the blues or whatever. Yeah, I just, he's... I don't know, he... He seems entirely unremarkable. The well, most I, remarkable thing to me is that he sort of complains to Vader. That you have to be impressed by his look, though. His yeah, look I is think, awesome. I think the thing. I think what makes Boba Fett so popular is it's the same thing that made Wolverine so popular. Because Wolverine, Wolverine's character when he first showed up in the comics, he uh, his whole thing was he was a badass. 
he had a big mouth, and he nobody knew anything about him, you know. And now that's all that changed, and whatever. But the same thing with Boba Fett. Boba Fett is an as an amazing looking character. He's the only guy in the movie that kind of li- gives lip to Vader, like yeah. you're saying. And you know he he effectively he's the only bounty hunter you ever see again who is smart enough to know he probably knows Han Solo or has some idea of his tactics, which is how he figured out that he was in the garbage thing. Yeah. So I mean he's a he's he's a great character that is created with very little. And I you know I think yeah I, I agree I think he's very overrated in terms of the way people. No, he's not even him. named in the credits. He's just bounty hunter. Oh, yeah. is it? Did they? Is the special edition? Did they read up his voice with the Django actors? Yep. yep. Okay. The, uh, yeah, I know that they do that. I'm trying to figure out if that movie came out by the at the point that these oh that he was done come out. But I know I'm they. Pretty do sure that. they did do did that. They? But yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. It's a, yeah, but, it's a but yeah, he's just you know he's a he's a new character um, that is just very different from everybody else who's in the movie. Yeah, he's, and um, you don't know if he's in it for the money or if he's got a personal vendetta with Han Solo. Do we know it could go either way? Right. Do we know he's bringing him back to? Uh, yes, the huts. He, do they say that in this movie? I, I don't think they do. So. I think he just no, because the only thing he says is he's worth a lot to me. To Darth Vader, because uh, okay. Darth Vader doesn't care. You could carry it over from well, the Tatooine thing. And yeah, in, in the first movie, in the Greedo sequence or whatever, or at, right after they hire Han Solo, he does mention Jabba the Hutt. And then at the beginning in the Hoth sequence, I believe he also mentions Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah. So yes, I think, uh, he doesn't mention Jabba. He says the bounty hunter's on Ord Mandel. So he, he's oh, running okay. into bounty hunters, but... <laughs> right. I think at the end of Empire, don't they state they're going to Tatooine or Jabba's? Yes. Well, uh, at, at the very when end, they're ch- when, when they're Rando, like we're gonna go track him down. Yeah. yeah, he said we'll meet you at the rendezvous point on Tatooine. Tatooine yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, but that's that's enough. Which book. actually, small thing, that might be the first time they say the name of that planet because I don't think they call it Tatooine in uh, in the first the one. Hmm. Probably not. Oh, anyway, do, they do. I think they do in the opening credits, the opening scroll. Oh, they do. They do spell Tatooine. Tatooine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just no. Everyone read the script was like, "How the fuck do you pronounce this?" <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll just cut it out. But yeah, then it gets into uh, basically it comes down to one of the other iconic things besides Hoth is the uh, the little carbonite facility thing, the lighting there, where we have our showdown between Vader and Luke. That but, that is the best looking set of any movie I've ever seen. So yeah. funny. So I was reading an interview. Um, I think it was an old interview with the the DP from Empire, um, and he actually gave a, a narrative of how he tackled that scene and he basically said when he got there he was like what have you guys done like you designed this set that's all just a bunch of discs floating on the ground and on the ceiling but there's no walls so like you know this is going to look terrible because there's nothing there it's all looked to him very unfinished Mm -hmm. and so that you know at least in what he said was the rationale for making it so dark Filling it with the extra smoke in the background and doing all that is because the set actually didn't look so good when you uh, <laughs> wow. turned turned all the lights on. Oh, but man. needless to say, it turned out. And same with the lighting in the floor because he yeah. was like, "Well, where am I going to put lights when there's no um, no, no wall, walls, yeah. wall fixtures or anything like that?" I mean that that's just that set too is just a great uh, expansion of the the design sense that they set up in a new hope because that shit's all over the place i mean it's they get a lot of use out of like green lights coming in oblong shapes coming out of walls yeah 
But they're never used for lighting purposes. They're always just like an effect. I, I think they are actually used a lot for lighting purposes. Oh, they are. Um, I, I think really I think inset lighting is a big um, is a big feature of meaning in mm-hmm. the actual uh, structure of the set is a big feature in Star Wars. And w- one of the ways you get a lot of mileage out of that and have a necessity for it is with all this spacey stuff and like. Vader and C-3PO and things like that, any hard lights or additional lights you use is going to shine the hell yeah, off those guys. Off. Yeah. It's going to look ridiculous. Yeah. Like I noticed in uh, New Hope, one of the few times where they do use regular lights in the Greedo scene, you can just count those suckers in his eye because you can see all of them. <laughs> yeah. And and so, but the Empire is the culmination of this inset lighting, right? Masterful inset lighting. Yeah, it's. I mean, they the they use it at a dramatic level that they have not even come close oh, yeah. to. Yes. You know. Uh, yeah, it ties in. And I, you know, I think one of the things that actually that another way that the C, that the CGI added stuff to, to Cloud City enhances that sequence is the rest of Cloud City, as I said, is very white and stark. Yep. Um, so having that scene in the, the uh, Carbonite room kind of is really jarring because it's so different. But it's got the same... When you have that other stuff, you're kind of ready for that color scheme a little bit more. Yeah. But just not on the level that they gave it to you where it's just like... I mean, if if... <laughs> If George Lucas with Star Wars was trying to create this idea of this mythic, you know, archetypal mythic story with mythic battles, I would be hard-pressed to find something that looks and feels more mythic than even the first 35 seconds of that fight with... with, I mean, just when... As soon as Luke shows up, that whole sequence is is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that they have Vader up on top of the thing with that blue light behind him and shit. The fact that his lightsaber opens slower (laughs) than Luke Skywalker's lightsaber is the most badass thing I've ever seen. And he he doesn't uh, walk downstairs. He floats. Yeah. Do you know why? Because Vader walking downstairs would be pretty silly. He floats downstairs, the loner in Paris. The slow hunt of it. And even the pace of the battle so you can get, you know, the interjections and taunting and all that stuff in between... I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, compared to the way that lightsaber battles were done in the prequels and probably are going to be done, I mean, just the fast, flippy, yeah, it just robs everything of that human agency. Like, yeah, maybe it's not the best martial arts, but I would take the slow hunt of just clunky Vader hunting down Luke any day over twirling. I, I always enjoyed the, uh, the deep nerd dumb of it where they'd be like, there's, everyone is such strong, strong force users that they force each other to fight like shit. Like that's like, that's like <laughs> that everyone's so powerful heard. that they can just be like, oh. yeah, that's a that's a bridge too far for me. I, th- like, I think I think the New Hope one is legitimately like, you know, it was the first time we tried yeah. fighting with lights. Or, I don't know, it came out okay. Wh- it was whatever. just a weird decision. But, yeah, to, to like hold them down is a strange like well, they're I like th- hitting I each think, other like that. I, I think the I think they're meant to be held more like kind of a samurai sword. So it's it's not yep. it's more of like the you know, I don't really know. I, well, see, the, if, if you guys on listening to this could see my hands right now, you know, it's kind of like you're holding doing, a imagine he has a really gigantic accurate. penis and yeah. just waving. No, it's um. <laughs> well, the, the thing I like about the prequels is the um, I don't know if I like it, but I think it's kind of clever. I do like different styles of people having different things. Like I I do like I don't mind the. I think the fight scene in Empire is okay. Um, it's better than New Hope. It's like a billion times better than New Hope. Um, 
it's I don't mind the prequel fights as much. Um, I don't think they're terrible. I think that's that the way they fight in the prequels makes kind of sense as to what I'm supposed to expect. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I understand that to a point. I, mean, we, I appreciate can, the artisticness of the Empire fight. I think yeah, is. we can we can talk about that more when we get to them. Yep. But I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I think that's the rationale behind it too. Is because I, I, I know I heard an interview with Lucas where he was like, "Well, I mean." In the first three movies, all you see is a, a, a broken down robot guy fighting an old man, yeah. and a broken down robot guy fighting a kid who doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the prequels, you get the Jedi's at the height of their powers. Yeah. But the, I think <clears throat> I think doing it that way in the prequels kind of robs it of its uniqueness because I in the first well we should probably have this conversation. But it just, yeah, we'll it, do that in the prequels. Yeah, but it just assu- <clears throat> it assumes that that is what's actually enjoyable about watching right. Star Wars right. or, or watching a movie is seeing acrobatic sword fighting. And in some movies, okay, I yeah, I like movies that have cool martial arts. Right. But that's not my favorite thing about the, Star Wars the, the or biggest, Empire. The biggest negative that I can say about the prequels is that by the end of the third one, they made me sick and they made me bored by lightsabers. And you should never be bored by lightsabers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So if I had to judge lightsaber duels just by lightsaber duels, that's one thing. But if I'm judging which lightsaber duel in the movies is the best scene, it's got to be Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. This one, because I think you have two things going into a lightsaber fight. You have... The store, the way it looks, and sort of what it's about, and right. like they, the prequels do the sort of what it's about very well. Where the the original trilogy does the story aspect of it, like the the lightsaber fights we've seen so far have been very important. Where in the prequels, they're lightsaber fighting all the fucking time with oh, everybody, yeah. like everybody's doing it. But the styles are different in the prequels, where they're not as important in the Empire. But anyway, it's um, the Empire fight scene. Starts off in that little room, and then it goes into Lucas's other favorite thing, the big room, where <laughs> things are hanging for a very high height. Um, does does the "I am your father" thing hold up for everyone at this point? Is that is that still good? It's yes. so hard to look at that scene with fresh eyes. Yeah, it's really tough. I, I I'm gonna say yes. Well, okay. So the one thing that does stand out to me watching it now is how hard of a seg like it's a very hard turn where he's like we could rule this place together by the way Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your dad it's like a really hard cut well, he does a, an interesting parent thing where he's only, he he jumps to it right when Luke starts fucking around on a narrow platform he's like hey 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 I'm your, I'm your father god damn it <laughs> get off that you will get down from there right now and, right. and I, if what's so what struck me when I went and rewatched these movies pretty recently, is that Luke sees his only option after learning everything as fucking suicide. Yeah. yeah. Like he learns everything and he just jumps down that fucking shaft. Yeah. See, I was, I always had a, or for a long time, I've had a problem with the jump there. Because is it suicide or is it like, hey, you know, with like force wiggling, I can control where Yeah, I he, fall. he pulled what he did on the torpedoes and he forced Jimmy to be Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, I. I don't like it. It's actually one of the poorer effects. I think if we're gonna if movie. we're gonna consider the other movies, knowing going down a slide ever looks good. In no, film. no, when he's it's falling, just a, like it has oh, this weird, like even yes. on the big screen, like yeah. it has this weird transparency thing. Yeah. And it's like you could do all those other space effects, and you can't just throw a dummy. blue screen a dude <laughs> yeah, like film a dummy falling down. 
But um, if we if we add in Return of the Jedi, he actually opts for death over the dark side twice. So he does it with the Emperor, and I I I take it in Empire Strikes Back that he's he's committing suicide. He sees his only option here as to have Darth Vader capture him and eventually turn to the dark side or die, which is the same choice he's presented with in Jedi, and both times he opts for death. Yeah, yeah I I um mm-hmm. I, I I sort of agree. It's a hard turn. It sort of comes out of nowhere. Um. The, the Vader thing, he just sort of states it. Um, Hamill's performance makes me sort of cringe laugh. <laughs> just says very no, bad facial expression. No! <laughs> I don't believe it! Um, and then he, yeah, he jumps off, and I uh, I hate heights, and that scene where he's hanging from the thing at the bottom always With one hand, and he's yeah. got his, his elbow around the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Unnecessarily moving around, throwing his leg up <laughs> over. It's like, hey... That is some thin car antenna shit that you're hanging on to. Yeah, the, the, I mean, obviously the the, the 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 twist doesn't hold any what well. It, it it's it, it's a it exists in a in society in a level where you're never gonna you know not see it as anything other than what it. Ex- I'm not making any sense, but you know what I mean. Like it doesn't. You know it's twist, coming. Yeah, it's hard it, to it, judge it now. But but that whole sequence as a whole just. I mean that's. The end. That being the end of that fight is just the best thing ever. Yeah. Because I mean, the fight itself, you know that Vader's not giving him everything he's got. You know, he is just Luke is giving Vader everything he's got. He's sweating his balls. Vader off. is just <laughs> Vader is just fucking with him. Right. You know, yeah. and he gets Luke gets in like one or two, you know, one or two good shots. Basically by accident. Yeah, and then after he hits that, him in the arm. That was I. I always think that's yeah. weird when he hits Vader in the arm with it. And he's like, "Ow!" He yeah. makes like a little yelp noise. But, but then, but then at that point, what does he do? Right after he hits him, he's like, "All right, I'm done fucking around." And he cuts his fucking hand off. Yeah. 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 just to make sure that's not going to happen again. Yeah. He's also going to yelp noise when Luke puts steam in his face for a second. Yes, that doesn't. Oh, make, that doesn't when, make when he falls off the end, that makes Whoa. no sense whatsoever. I don't know why blasting him in the face with steam through that mask should do anything. <laughs> but I, I like the Luke. The that's not true. Like I like it. I mean, he is that that boyish, like emotional character the entire time. So, like, what I don't know. To me, at least, it was a raw, like, truthful reaction. Even though it it has some goofiness in it. I mean, what's he gonna do? Do like the you know Kiefer Sutherland stare down and just be like, I don't think so, Darth. You know, I mean, it just... he can yell. It's not a very convincing yell. It's not a yell that I'd be like, we got it, guys. Like it's whiny. Shut that's it. it's whiny. Yeah, yeah, but that's what yeah. he is, and that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also where he's at as a character. You want to go to the Tachi station? Pick up some power converters. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do that in. Why is that Jedi? flashing? That's the the worst thing. Yeah. No, I. I oh, what's that flashing? I understand. I. <laughs> Yeah, I just I would have I would have stayed another hour and made him do it until he. Uh, it's like the I keep talking about Star Wars, the, the death of uh, Wrath of Khan, the Spock death. The director made Shatner do the scene for hours until his performance became realistic because Shatner's such a ham that he's yeah. just gonna. He was like overplaying it to a thing, so they just by exhausting him they got something good out yeah. of him. Um, and I, I, I might have done the same thing for Hamill, but it's um, anyway. It ends with. They rescue Luke from the top of the uh, or the bottom of the Cloud City. Yep. Yeah. And, and I just want to say I love the close up on Leia's face when. So you don't know that at this point that Leia's Luke's sister, and you don't know that she's got power over the Force. But he's hanging from the what looks like a weather vane. Yeah. And uh, 
That's where that's where their uh, their cable. It's their cable antenna. <laughs> okay, that's where they get the cable. I like the weather vane. You can just be like, it is uh, cloudy today. <laughs> cloudy, and, <laughs> cloudy, and, cloudy and windy. Cloudy all the time. Cloudy and pink. Cloudy and pink. Sunset <laughs> is. Uh, but every, he mouths he mouths Leia right. So yeah. you don't know at that point, even after this scene, that Leia can use the force because he mouths Leia, so it could be his force contacting her. But it shows like a close up on her face, and she just she tells him to turn around and. So, so you don't like Leia in this movie, or as much? That was your beef with it. But uh, I love Leia in this movie. I, I think, think I, once they get to Cloud City, she's just she she has Chewbacca strangling Lando after that one scene, and she's looking right in his face like he's gonna kill you right now. Yeah, I guess it's just that's that, that I she. Forgot about that beat. That's a good beat. Yeah, I guess it's just that she has she's just dialed down more from the than than she was in the first one, and she in doing that, I feel like you. She does seem a little more relegated to just a love interest. I agree with what you're saying. Is those that she does have good stuff, and I think her acting is better in this movie. But uh, there's just some, you know, she. It's a lot of dragging her around by the wrist. It seems like for most of the movie. Yeah, she's um, she's never leading. Like it's either Lando is showing them how to get out of here, or uh, someone's telling her to go do things like this. So, how? Maybe this is an unfair question to ask, but how? Ahead, do you think that they planned the uh, Leia being Luke's sister thing? Do you think that was in it from core concept one, or was that they get to Empire Strikes Back and then they need this another beat to put in to keep the story going? Or because I mean, if, if you're going by that, if if the assumption is that it was there the whole time, theoretically Vader should be able to sense it on Leia when she's on yeah when she's the on Death the Star. Death Star, yeah. right? I think that that it was. I think definitely, for sure, they knew that plot point mm-hmm. when they were writing Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I w- if, if George Lucas came out and said, my plan was that Luke and Leia were sisters all along when I created Nord, when I you know wrote New Hope, I'd say, bullshit, no it wasn't. Like, yeah, right. No way. Yeah. Well, I think from my reading, the Vader as a father thing was not until Empire. I, I'd buy that too. That was, it wasn't even, the first draft of the script didn't bring I... that up. I would like to see evidence of that because that idea is so a hero of a thousand faces thing that I can't imagine that not being a part of it from the get go. Yeah, it's tough. I know. I know. In the earlier drafts of the script, they did focus on like Luke's father, mm-hmm. but they in the a New Hope, but they did have him in various other roles. I guess like he was present in other ways. Um, so. It's also interesting. I think Obi Wan's excuse of "Oh yeah, well I I said he killed your father, and that's sort of true." That is a total cop out. That is a total cop out. Like I don't think they had it planned because they they actually wrote that in there. They said that they they gave a plot to Luke's father, and then later they had to explain it. And the explanation is pretty dumb. I mean, and, and on the Leia thing, actually, if not. If that's not understood in Empire, then you have to explain the um, Obi Wan Yoda line of right. uh, "There is another." There, uh, he's our last hope, yeah. and Yoda says, "No, no, there's another." Yeah, that's a that's a weird line. I always think that's weird. The yeah, I mean that that has to be foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I could I could believe that Vader being his father was not part of it. Part of it was not part of the thinking in A New Hope. Because 
when you get to Empire, you need a reason for Vader to be hunting down Skywalker. You need him to, a reason for him to be so obsessive. Right. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that in A New Hope, it's t- it's tough now looking back, but like we were talking about, Vader is almost not important enough for that to yeah. be an issue early right. on. Right. Like it, it's not. This doesn't seem that relevant. So I, I can sort of buy it a, a popping up later on. As yeah, it's thing. just so strange because you think like in most in most movies now, where in your first act, your you know, Obi-Wan character tells you your father was a great hero until he was betrayed and murdered by a guy named Darth Vader. There has to be a point in that movie where you confront that character and he says, I fucking killed your dad, I'm going to kill you too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But that never happens. It's re- it's really weird now that I'm thinking about it because that mo- that obviously comes in Empire, <laughs> but it's they turn it on its head. But for to drop that plot point... In most other movies, there's got to be at least one scene where, Doesn't even in off. passing, yeah. it's true, Vader's you, like... You, you don't know 100% that you're making those other movies yet. Yeah, right. yeah. This could turn out to be a complete joke, and... Yeah, yeah like, there's... there's Vader and Luke aren't even on the screen together in the first movie. Yeah. You know, there's no instance in which he would be like, oh, hey, how's it going, son? I mean, Luke. Right. <laughs> Skywalker. Son you know, or, Skywalker. Or, or anything where he would, you know, they would be captured and he would be like, oh, you're a weakling, just like your father, or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, we've gone for an hour and 20, so we're going to wrap this. There is a, a question I, I want to ask you guys that I think is pretty important. To Absolutely. About. I have one point, too, about the ending. Um, so, when in our, in our Star Trek podcast, we got to uh, the episode Best of Both Worlds, which is the one where uh, Picard gets turned into the Borg. It's a two-parter. The first half of that two-parter is, I think, the best Star Trek episode I've ever seen. But one of the things we were talking about in the show was how much of that is because you get a pass because it's the first half of a two-parter. So you can basically write yourself into whatever corner you want that, that amplifies your drama to that to the highest point and not have to worry about getting out of it until you got to, you know, write the second half. Do you think Star The Empire Strikes Back has some of that? Well, you see it a little bit in the Matrix, the second Matrix movie, where they expand the world, they, they put a lot of questions out there that are really interesting, but then in the third one, they don't pay them off. Right. Do you think Empire stands at the height that we keep it at, at by itself? It's a really good way to ask that question. Are, are um, you saying, as, if not paid off by Jedi, is that what you're saying? I guess I guess what I'm saying is, does does Empire Strikes Back work by itself Um taken out of the idea that there is another side. Because I when we covered the Star Trek episode, my point of view was, I think I think there Wes and Sean uh, were, were saying that it gets brought down a little bit by the second half of that uh, two-parter not being as strong. Whereas I was saying, I think the first half is just a great episode. You could watch that episode and have it stand on its own right. very easily. Um, but I do understand the idea that <clears throat> you're writing the first half of a cliffhanger, so you can do whatever you want to just ramp the di- the uh, the drama up to a point where you don't have to worry about paying it off. I think it's a I think it's exactly what Best of Both Worlds says because it, it's allowed to it's allowed to not offer resolution, um, and that's accept- it's like acceptable. Uh-huh. You know, you'll you'll buy it. I still think it's a really good movie, and I say that because I have not watched Jedi in a long time. So mm-hmm. as of right now, I don't remember what they do and don't pay off about Empire. So, um, 
My, my, As it stands, I enjoy it. My personal, I think it does. I think it stands by itself because unlike, you know, if you were doing a two-parter or even unlike The Matrix, I feel like you there is enough resolution within the movie that you can watch it independently and not have to deal. You know, like, I, I think... This movie is a movie. I don't yeah. think New Hope is a cinematic feature. Like, it obviously is. It is a movie, but... This one feels like a movie. And I, I could watch Empire much more than I can watch A New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, mean, I think it's... I mean... Star, the, a New Hope is like the prototype for, you know, what every Hollywood movie aspires to be. So I don't know if you could say it's not a movie or a cinematic experience. I think it just doesn't have the type of values that you like when you watch a movie. You know, what? like you prefer to a movie that has the values that empire has to be uh well i mean why we everyone sort of jokingly uh just said everything is better about empire but like why is like seriously why is empire so much better than new hope does anyone disagree does anyone think that they're somewhat equal to each other no i think like all around the aesthetic the directing the dialogue the acting the story the I think it's all just improved in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, they've they've just dialed it in so tightly uh, on a character level. I think that's what it is. I think it comes down to the characters. Where uh, everybody, where in New Hope you have, um, like we were saying, very archetypal characters that don't have a lot of a lot of backstory or anything, which is not a bad thing. It's just yep. they're kind of fairly one note. It's the nature of the story. But by the time you get to the Empire Strikes Back. All of that stuff has been expanded on, and they figured out who Darth Vader is. They figured out who Han and Leia are. They figured out who Luke is. Um, See, I think it's funny because you brought up The Matrix. The Matrix kind of follows a similar thing. The Matrix fucks it up so badly that you're like, wow, I can't believe they screwed this up. Where the first Matrix is awesome, mm -hmm. and it's because you've hinted at all this stuff. Um, that seems very cool, but almost not knowing about the details is much better. Where yeah. Empire is different in that fleshing out what New Hope says is going on, but you never see going yeah. on, it makes it so much better than that. And you could argue right. maybe the prequels are kind of a Matrix thing where they went a little bit too far, and they're like, now yeah. this is too much information. Right. Um, that would be my sort of take on it. But Well, when you're going to flesh your world out, just make sure it's still cool. Right? Don't explain if you too flesh much. You, you it's, I don't think it's a question of explaining too much or giving too much. Or, or, I, I don't think the question is how much you should give your audience. I think the question is how good your writing is. When you flesh your world out, if the thing you're fleshing out is cool, awesome. If the thing you're fleshing out is <laughs> the Matrix or white, the prequels, white if it's ghosts. yeah, exactly. If it's just lame, like it's it's going to turn people off. You yeah. better leave us questioning. I think. Yeah. I think to me, it's really a question. It's a you know, you say, okay, the characters are good in this one, they're not good in the other one, or, or whatever. Well, what makes, you know, what do you base that decision on? And to me, it's the type of conflict is what provides characterization. And, you know, it's not, you know, in the first one, the type of conflict is, are we going to go and fight together? Oh, I mm -hmm. want to be cool, awesome fighter. Like, oh, let's rescue somebody. Let's blow something up. Whereas in this one the conflict it's a different type of conflict yep. it's yeah it's like you said it's do war. you love me are you my friend or not like 
what will I do to save you? How much will I suffer for you? And to me, that's, I think, what you're picking up on and, you know, saying this is more of a movie is because those types of dramatic values stand the test of time. You know, the effects of Star... Because it's actually only... It's a more recent phenomenon that the consensus around Empire is so unified, how good it is. Yeah, it was critically un unfavorable when it so, came really? out. Yeah, it no, was... it was it was well-liked, but the original was considered to be the best. And even I remember growing up, like right. adults, and, you know, a lot of people considered the original the best. And I think, um, among uh, many other things that we've already talked about, as time goes on, it's going to... Uh, treat the movie that relies more on the effects, the adventure, the running around. It's going to treat that worse than the one that involves uh, or relies on things that everyone will always care about. What's What's interesting there, though, is I think I don't want to, you know, be a complete dickhead to people who like this movie, but I think there's with that universal consensus comes a lot of people who say that but can't really explain to you why. Like I, if you if you were to say you know, what, what's the best Star Wars movie? And they say, oh, Empire Strikes Back. You say, why? Like, oh, well, you know, Boba Fett. Or, <laughs> or you know, like... I, I, well, it's, it's almost a more interesting answer if you were to ask that to someone and they say Jedi Returns. You'd be like, oh, like, why? Like, yeah. why do you like that more? Yeah, like, it's like, I, I mean, it, like you said, it's, it's the universal consensus that Empire's the best movie, but I don't know if people would be like, well, I think the 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 effort with which they fleshed out the characters and made it more about a personal relationship is is what makes it the best movie you know yeah um, I mean hey I could be wrong maybe that is what everyone's thinking but. I think it's just uh, downers are always going to be popular this is the downer you know yeah, yeah, they, yeah. like they lose at the end so they've right. they've won but not not tremendously and um, that's always going to be more interesting and it's like I think what you were saying about the best of both worlds it's you've you've offered a a problem that you have not been forced to write a resolution for. Yeah, and I think I think what makes this stand on its own as well over something like Best of Both Worlds is that you do have those uh, ratcheting up drama things, but they are resolved like there's still an end to the story, you know? Yep. Han Solo, yeah, it's a point of cliffhangery drama that Han Solo is encased in carbonite, but for the purpose of the story, that's the end of his story. Right. You yeah. know, there's no... He, he, it's not like Han Solo is encased in carbonite, and we are going to snap him in two. Unless you know, it, it, there's, that's just like he could he could never come back, and that would just be the end of his story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the same with it, it's like yeah, it's like they it's like like you were saying, Jim. It's a war, and this is a movie about them losing the a battle of the war. Yeah. Yeah, I think it totally stands on its own uh, and is a masterpiece in its own right. We can also look at it. Look at it as it'd be pretty dumb if there was never any other movie, and they're like, "Yeah, That's I think true. we pretty much got it down." <laughs> uh, no yeah, more Star Wars, guys. True. Interesting, true. because I would, I'd say the, almost the same about the first one. I'd be like, like if that was all that there was, it feels very finished in the first one. But oh, I'd be like, yeah. wow, yeah. like I can't believe there's so much. I have so many questions. Like, yeah. what is yeah. a Jedi Knight? What is that all about? Which is one of the reasons why I was really surprised when we get to Jedi that they go back to having another Death Star. Because yeah. <laughs> compared, I mean, we could talk about this more when we get there, but the the first two movies, so much happens in those movies. So much happens in the first two movies. And then Jedi, eh, not really a lot happened in that movie. No. You know, you've got another 15-minute opening sequence that isn't really connected to the rest of the plot. And then they go and attack the the, the Death Star again, only in a longer, and then bears show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bears. Well, we're going to be back to talk about the bears next time. So if you guys enjoyed this uh, episode... 
leave a comment. You know what? Leave a we should, since this is obviously the best episode of the podcast, we should just stop here. We should. <laughs> I'm going to go freeze myself in the freezer, and uh, you guys just kind of look out the window as we fly away. Uh, the, the only other thing I have to, to say before we shut down, the droid aesthetic, right? Like, machines in this world are very, very, like, clunky looking. Like, nothing looks clean. They obviously have the technology. They made his new hand look perfectly human. Right, yeah. that's a, it's a weird decision that they they seem to be making to not have the robots look like people. Right. Yeah. Where are their replicants? Yeah, that's right. And, then, and that that idea never really shows up. Any, well, I mean, I guess it's it, it it well, think of it as 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 that stuff exists now. You know, I mean, I guess there are people building robots that they're trying to make look like people, but generally. There's robots that look like robots, and then there's, like, prosthetic limbs that are made to look as normal as possible. Also, the uh, robots are treated as second-class citizens. I'd there's there's a very it. weird thing going on with robots and slavery. Oh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they love it's, it. The robots are basically slaves. Sometimes it's implicit, it. and sometimes it's explicit with, <laughs> with slavery and racism and robots. Yeah. I, um, oh, and the robots are racist in this movie as well. Because there's the point where uh, C-3PO is like, oh, don't mind him. He's just a Wookiee. <laughs> right. Hey, man, you, um, hey, like, and the, the, hey, it happens the other way around, too, where yeah. the bartender yeah. won't I serve droids. I was just going to say, don't forget, we don't serve their kind here. I mean, well, how would you uh, so, take so, that? true. They don't drink. Why should they be think, taking off the table I think, space? I think it's this might be a result of me watching so much Star Trek, but I was watching Star Wars last night thinking, why doesn't anyone treat C-3PO like he's an autonomous I know. person? <laughs> he's being... basically Data. <laughs> He's basically data. Why don't they treat him like a human? He Just should... because he's kind of a, an annoying dick. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> they get away with it, but the... Uh, yeah, R2 would be the same. Like, the, the droids are just, like, exploding. They're like, yeah, fuck. Like, throw them away. Who cares yeah, about no, them? Yeah, they're very much... It, it's... They're very much treated like like mechanical objects. Yeah. I mean, like, when they fix them, it's always, like, with wrenches and shit. And some of the droids seem to just be droids that have no personality. So it's, yes, you obviously yeah. program some of them to be, like, people, and some of them just do tasks and, like, walk around and do nothing. And do none nothing of them else. seem to be built for sex. No. Which oh. is uh, probably not Very accurate. sad. Star Wars They're, doesn't get sexy till Return of the Jedi. Fully functional. Fully functional. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the content, you're on YouTube. A like and a comment. Appreciate it. Let us know where we went wrong. Let us know why Jedi is the best episode or best movie. Let us know why New Hope is the, uh, the greatest. All that stuff. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with Return of the Jedi. See ya.